Guys, this is the first encounter. Welcome to the first encounter. I'm excited. Are you excited? Gosh. And I have, I don't have shoes on because it helps me think, you know? So hope that doesn't bother you, you know, looking at the dogs. Anyway, so uh, it's good to see you all. Like Jack said, uh, my name's Joe. I am the associate campus minister here at CSF. Uh, if I, you know, I may look and act like a student, and that would be because I just was in May. <laughs> I graduated from IU. I was here at CSF for a long time. A lot of these people know me who have been here. Uh, and so it's good to see you in a new context like this. Uh, so to start this year out, me and our lead campus minister, Ben, over there, you'll hear from him in a second, uh, we wanted to talk about who CSF is currently, and then he's going to talk more about where we can go from here as a ministry, uh, where we want to lead you guys as students. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to talk through real quick um, our mission, our vision, and our values. So uh, a mission statement typically answers the question, why do you exist? And so we exist to help students pursue authentic faith and build intentional community. And so what does that look like for you practically? Um, well, the goal of the ministry is not to give you all the answers and to help you arrive at knowing Jesus, because that just isn't a thing. Uh, we don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. God has all the answers, and we're going to point you back to him. Um, and so, yeah, we want you to leave here being able to walk closer to Jesus than you were when you got here. That's our goal. We want you to pursue your faith, not arrive at it. Um, and so then, building digital community. This is as simple as it sounds. We want to give you guys opportunities to be in community. Obviously, like Jack said, this is one way to do that. And we also have small groups. We have events. We have a prayer group. We have all kinds of different ways to be a part of community. Um, we think that's really, really important. I'll get to that more in detail in a second. But um, yeah, we, we exist to help you guys pursue your faith and build your community. That's what we do. Um, and so moving on to our vision, this tells us what we hope to become and how we intend to live out our, our mission. So you can see there it says, no love grow. It's also on the, the hearth back there behind you guys. It's pretty cool. It's like knitting or like yarn. I don't know what that is. Anyway, you can look at it afterwards. So I'll explain no love grow. Uh, and so no, this is, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to lead you guys to be aware of where your communities are, both intentionally Christian communities and intentionally non-Christian communities. So this could be a classmate, a roommate, a coworker, and even, you know, a brother and sister in Christ, right? Be aware of who you're around and the communities that you're in. Um, and then love is a call to genuinely care for those people in your communities. And we, we, we dumb this down to eat with and pray for these people, right? So you, and not that you have to eat with and literally like do those two things, but um, we just know that when you eat with people, um, fellowship happens. You learn stories and you hear where people come from uh, and you, yeah, you have a deeper appreciation for them. And then when you behind the scenes, you pray for that person. Um, the third thing happens, which is grow. Uh, and this is the part you have nothing to do with, right? If you know your communities and you love them well, you can expect that God will grow. Uh, spiritual influence in that person's life. And you may not see it. You might plant a seed. Um, but if that person is willing, God will move in their lives. So that's our vision. And then I'm going to go through our values really quick. There's five of them. And these just help us to stay on track as we, um, as we pursue our mission and we execute with our vision. These are the things that, uh, yeah, help keep us focused on uh, what is true, what is right. So uh, I'll start first is train in truth. So we believe that the Bible is inerrant, it's God's word, and it is the ultimate source of truth. And so we teach through that um, 
it's a little wonky this year. You'll hear more about that this later tonight. But uh, we, we teach through the Bible. Um, we believe that it is true. So that's number one. Number two is be a blessing. So as Christians, if you've accepted Christ, you know that um, that gift is the greatest gift that you could possibly receive. We've been blessed beyond measure. And so because we have been blessed, then we ought to go and bless others. And so we really believe that um, it's important to be serving in community. Um, we want you to get a uh, we want you to be a part of a local church and serve there. There's opportunities to serve here. Most of these people, well, all of these people are volunteers, and, and they showed up early just to serve you guys. And so um, we have a production team and a media team and a cycling team, and it's all service, right? So be a blessing. Uh, number three is do life together. Again, this is community. We believe that before creation, God was in community with himself in the Trinity. And so because we were made in his image, we desire community. And in fact, we need community. We need each other. Um, and so, yeah, as simple as it sounds, do life together. Be with each other in community, like I said, in small groups, in, in closer settings. Um, number four, ask the tough questions. Again, we do not have the answers. We don't have all of them, but we want to walk with you through the hard stuff in life because life's not, you know, a straight line. I don't know if you know that, but life can be really hard sometimes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, this one's, this is a safe place to ask questions and to uh, dig into stuff. Some of my favorite times at CSF as a student was right in this room. When this room isn't set up for encounter, there's just tables and stuff in here. And so uh, I would stay out here with friends till very late into the night, and we would just talk about God. <laughs> like, we would just ask these questions that we, we knew we couldn't fully answer, and that's why it got so late. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's Ask the Tough Questions. And then lastly, build up to send out. Um, we don't want to keep you here, and in fact, we know that you won't stay here. And this room will look completely different in five years, which we'll miss all of you very dearly. But we want to prepare you for everything that's next, from when you go back out tomorrow, if you have Friday classes. We want to build you up so you can be sent out tomorrow and be with your classmates. And then longer term, we want to give you the skills necessary and the, the, the questions to ask um, in order to, when you graduate, move into regular life, right? We want to prepare you for what's next. Um, so that is our mission, our vision, and our values. This is all on our website at csfindiana.org if you want to see more details. Um, or you can ask a leader or a staff member, um, and we will point you in the right direction. So uh, I'm going to finish up, but I just want to say we would love to see you get involved with CSF. Um, I, I personally love this ministry, but we know that if you try us out for a few weeks, we might not be the best fit for you. And that is, I want to say that from right here, that is totally fine. We're not in the business of guilt tripping people. We don't want to try and make you come back. Um, we just genuinely want you to be involved somewhere. And so if faith, if Christian faith is important to you, we want you to be involved somewhere on this campus in a community. If Christian faith is important to you, we want you to be involved somewhere. And if that's here, we love that. And if it's not here, we love that. Just go get involved somewhere. Um, yeah, that's all I have. I'm going to pray really quick, and then I'm going to invite uh, our lead campus minister up to talk. So, uh, Jesus, we thank you for this house and this space that we can worship you uh, freely. That's a gift. Um, God, I thank you for every person in this room. You brought these people here. Uh, God, I pray that they would not leave here the same and that they would hunger to know you more. Um, and God, I pray that if, if they choose to come back, that CSF can be a place that uh, helps them intentionally and authentically grow their faith and community. So, uh, Jesus, it's in your name that we pray these things. Uh, amen. Ben Geiger, everybody. Give him a hand.
scoot it back a little. I won't ignore you guys. Like, no, just kidding. Okay, yes, thanks, Joe. My name is Ben Geiger. I am the new lead campus minister here. Um, I'm not the only new one, though. Um, Joe is new as well. I know he kind of gave his story. Um, Joe's been involved with this ministry his entire time as a student, but this summer we hired Joe as one of our campus ministers. And so I think both of us have been here less than two months. Um, I've been here just a hair over a month, and I think Joe a hair under two months. And so, but we aren't even the newest members of our staff and the team here. Um, the beginning of last week, our new office manager started. Um, her name is Haley Lutz, and she's actually here tonight. So I'm going to ask her to stand real quick. This is Haley Lutz. Haley's awesome. She is an alum of CSF. She loves this ministry. She loves Jesus. She's going to be such a blessing. Um, this is her office right here. Um, so if you're ever here during the day, please stop in and get to know her. I know she would love to meet you. She is a prayer warrior. We will probably lean into her a lot to just help cover this place in prayer. So super, super glad to have Haley with us. Um, I also want to take a second to introduce our intern. We have an intern this year. Um, her name is Malia Shockney. She's here as well. So, Malia, you got to stand. This is Malia. Malia graduated from Ball State. Um, I kind of got to know her. She would come with some of her friends to um, a college Bible study I used to host. And let me just say, Malia loves Jesus. And she's very interested in vocational ministry. Um, and so we had an internship open. So we thought it would be a good fit. We got to meet with her a couple times, prayed over it, and we are super excited that she's joining us. She's just going to help our ministry in so many ways. I know she wants to lead um, just a girl Bible study, and she's actually living in the house as well. So we're glad that Malia's here. Um, once again, she's our intern. CSF is kind of coming out of a very unique season in our history uh, this summer. We lost four out of five staff members, and um, I think those four staff members combined, like, was over 40 years of experience, um, and so it was all great. Love those people. They're moving. God has just brought them into new positions, and they're still serving Christ, um, but that's obviously a big change. Um, now, notice I said four out of five staff members, so the last part of our team um, that one out of the five that stayed is Stephanie Michael. And so, Stephanie, please stand. <laughs> Stephanie's been on staff here for 20 years. And let me just say, considering how crazy it was, all the shakeup this summer, um, pretty sure if Stephanie wasn't here, we might this might not be happening right now. Um, and so she put in so many hours of overtime that a lot of you guys won't see. And so can we just thank her one more time? Okay, I can in confidence say on behalf of the entire staff, um, we are extremely grateful and excited um, to be in the positions we are in. We are very excited for what God has in store for this ministry. Um, he's going to do some pretty incredible things, and we can't wait to see it unfold. Um, and when the board of directors was interviewing me for this position, um, one of the things they asked me was, what's your vision? They said, what's your vision for that place? And that's a pretty broad question, um, but I told them, I've been doing ministry in some capacity for 15 years now. And uh, the last five years, I've specifically worked with college students. 
And one of the, the main things I've seen, I, say, I would say one of the biggest things I have felt convicted about is that, once again, over my entire time in ministry, I've just realized there is a big difference between knowing Jesus and simply knowing about him. Okay, there is a big difference. And in fact, I was talking to Joe about this a couple weeks ago, and he did a great job. He went in and he designed a very simple graphic, but I love it. And so it's right there on the screen. We've actually, um, I kind of want shirts maybe at some point. But I would say this summarizes my vision. I th- Once again, there is a huge difference between knowing about Jesus and actually knowing him. And I would say my vision for this place is that this is a place where we are self-aware of that distinction. We are very aware of that distinction. And then on top of that, we are passionately pursuing being people who truly know Jesus, who enter into real, authentic relationships with the God of the universe. And so I'm going to talk in a second about something that I think is foundational to all that. But real quick, I also want to introduce you to my family um, I wasn't, I didn't actually think, I didn't know if they'd be here in person, but they are. Um, but I also have a picture. And so we'll do, I guess, the real thing's better. So back here is my lovely wife, Angie. Um, and then we have Brennan is my oldest. Then there's Paxton and Brooklyn. They are 12, 10, and 8. But I also want to share this picture with you, okay? And, and there's a reason for this, that I'm sharing this pic- picture. Um, this was about four, this was probably about four years ago. Um, and my wife and I, we um, were foster parents for about the three to four year span. And um, this was taken kind of in the thick of that. And we, uh, we, during our time in foster care, we welcomed several amazing kids into our home, but we only had two like long-term placements, okay? And this picture kind of captures all that. So once again, it's my lovely wife at the head of the table. To um, her left in the high chair is a little boy named Javon. We had him for about a year and a half. Um, I'm gonna tell you more about him in a second, but so that's Javon in the high chair. Once again, that's Brennan, um, our oldest to, um, to Javon's left. The little cutie with the, with the thumb up, the girl right here in the bottom right, of the picture is Brooklyn. Um, And then over here, Mario is Paxton. That little Mario is Paxton. And then the little girl standing on the chair was one of our other foster kiddos. Her name is Ayla. Um, And real quick, just regarding Javon and Ayla. um, Ayla, really cool story, God's stories with both of them. Um, Ayla ended up being adopted by our neighbors. And so Ayla actually lives right next door to us, and we get to see her pretty much every day, which is really cool. On top of that, Javon, we had him for a year and a half, um, but then his grandma stepped into his life to adopt him. And the cool part of that story is we love grandma, and grandma loves us. And in fact, we've gotten to know pretty much all of Javon's family. So we still get Javon pretty much every other week. Um, he comes and he stays with us. It helps grandmas out. It lets us stay connected to him, and we love him. So you probably see Javon run around here sometime. Um, so do, just give you a little heads up. I do one more picture. Okay, once again, they're here. They're here in person. But this is a more recent one. Um, we homeschool, and so that was that was their picture at the beginning of this school year. They do that every year with mom. Um, so, once again, 
Angie, Brennan, Paxton, Brooklyn. Um, they will hopefully be around here a lot. I hope you guys get to know them. I know they'd love to get to know you. Please say hi. Um, and so with that said, I kind of want to go back to one of the reasons why I shared that first picture, okay? Um, once again, we were foster parents for a couple years, but before we were certified, we had to do several trainings. We had to go through a bunch of trainings in the foster care system, and rightfully so. But as, as we kind of went through those trainings, one of the number one things that they, like, emphasized over and over is that when it comes to a child's development, Safety and security plays an indispensable role, okay? Safety and security are essential for an individual to grow and develop in a healthy manner. You're going to develop whether you like it or not, but to develop in a healthy manner, safety and security is so important. And even if we never had the trainings with foster care, guess what? Based on our own personal experiences growing up, based on raising our own kids, it's pretty much common sense, right? Safety and security is a non-negotiable when it comes to healthy development for an individual. My wife was a counseling major, um, and she stays pretty up to date on all the latest research and findings. And guys, there is so much scientific proof that supports that truth, the necessity for safety and security in someone's development. I wish I could have more time to kind of dive into all that and share some statistics and some um, surveys and studies with you. But all that to say, for the sake of time, I want to get straight to my point. Here's my point. You ready? I'm going to put it on the screen. So, oh, maybe it's already been up there. You can go back. Safety and security, right? This is the first point that I really want to try to hammer home. Has it been up there like the entire time? Okay, <laughs> cool. Let's say it one more time for the sake of repetition. Safety and security is indispensable when it comes to an individual's proper development, okay? And that's not just foster kids. That's not just my kids. Guys, that's you, right? For your well-being, your entire well-being, your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of the above, for your holistic development, whether you realize it or not, your well-being is based on whatever or wherever you find safety and security. Okay, And with that said, I'm going to challenge you guys with a passage from Scripture. So this is what we're going to look at. This is Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through, 31, or 35 through 41. Just so you have a little bit of context, Jesus has spent all day preaching to this huge crowd. Okay, He's been preaching to a huge crowd all day. So at the end of it, he's in a boat with his disciples, and he says, hey, let's go to the other side of the lake. So that's where we're going to pick up verse 35. It says, that day when evening came... Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And so leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A fierce storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. It was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So, 
let's jump straight into what we're focusing on tonight, okay? And for that, I'm going to go back to verse 38. So here's verse 38. Read it again. It says, Jesus was in the stern, simply the back of the boat. Jesus was in the back of the boat, and he was sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, I emphasized the word care there because I imagine when the disciples said that, I bet that they were basically asking God to give them their idea of safety and security, right? I guess I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive that was the heart behind it. And so let's put ourselves, it's always valuable to put yourself in that position, right? So let's put ourselves in the disciples' position. Let's pretend you were on the boat that day in the middle of the storm, and let's say you wake God up and you ask him to care for you, when you make that request in that situation, what do you think you would secretly be hoping for? Any thoughts? Okay, I'll tell you what I would be thinking for, and I'm pretty sure it's where hopefully your guys' minds are at. If I'm in that position and I ask God to care for me, I think what I would secretly be hoping for is for the storm to literally stop. Like, I mean, that is what would create safety and security. I'm pretty sure that's what I would mean if I asked him to care for me. So let's look at the very next verse, 39. It says, Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And so basically, God gives them exactly what they were hoping for, right? I mean, he provides for them what I'm pretty sure was their preconceived idea of safety and security. They wanted the storm to stop. That's what he did. So all should be fine and dandy, right? Here's the thing. Let's look at the next verse. This is verse 41. It says, they were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And so that word terrified doesn't exactly imply the idea of safe and secure, does it? Even though I guarantee you he gave them what they thought they wanted. I'm going to share with you real quick a scene. I'm going to read, not yet. You can put the picture of Narnia up, okay? Because I'm going to share a scene from one of the books in the Chronicles of Narnia. If you're not familiar with Narnia, I'm going to do my best to summarize it real quick, okay? Chronicles of Narnia was a series of seven children's books written by C.S. Lewis, okay? And Narnia is a fictional world, okay? And I don't have authority to speak on Lewis's behalf, but what I'm pretty sure he was getting at is the one true God, the one true God who created our world, which is real. I hope you know that. We got other issues, but Okay, the one true God who created our world is obviously powerful enough to create other worlds. So Narnia was kind of Lewis's creative liberty in saying Narnia is one of these other worlds that the one true God has created. But just like humanity in this world rebelled against God, said we don't need you, tried to handle life, take things under our own control, which introduced evil. Right? Just like we rebelled against God and introduced evil to this world, the creatures of Narnia rebelled against God as well. They tried to take things under their control, and they introduced evil into their world. And so, just like in our world, God had to come to us 
to save us and redeem us. And how did he do that? How did God come to us? Through Jesus Christ. So just like God had to come into our world through Jesus Christ, he had to come into Narnia through a creature that Lewis called Aslan. All right? And so kind of one more aspect of the stories is God basically allows people from our world to enter Narnia every once in a while and help the Narnians with their adventures. Okay, and each book in this series is kind of a different adventure where a human from Earth enters Narnia and kind of helps in the adventures. So, Aslan is the equivalent of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's important to understand. In Narnia, Aslan is the equivalent of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read to you a scene from one of the books where two girls from our world enter Narnia and they are about to meet Aslan. Okay, so, just so you had context... Here's the scene. It says, once again, Susan and Lucy are about to meet Aslan. It says they are faced, as they are faced with all this fearful yet exciting news, Lucy and Susan start thinking about what Aslan is actually like. Is is he a man? Asked Lucy. Aslan a man? Certainly not. Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Um, is, he, uh, is he safe? I feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and make no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else they're just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Of course he isn't safe. Here it is. You guys ready? But he's good. Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. So the goodness of God is the only true source of safety. But it requires us to surrender all the false forms of security we've created in our unbelief. And so the girls, Susan and Lucy, they faced a dilemma. And it's the same dilemma that the disciples faced that day on the boat, on the lake, in the middle of the storm or after the storm. And guys, freshmen, you're in college now. You guys are all adults. You're young adults. I guarantee you, you are going to face the same dilemma. Okay? And so here's the dilemma. Do we simply want God so that he'll deliver the outcomes in this life that we secretly want? Or do we want to surrender all future outcomes in this life because all we know is that Jesus is good? And so to summarize my heart, my vision for CSF, to be a place that knows Jesus. And to know him means to totally change our definition of safety and security. And it's to say, your goodness as God is all there is. And so I want CSF to be a place where the souls of college students are truly growing. But remember, to have true, healthy growth, you have to have security and you have to have safety. It's non-negotiable. But guys, here's the problem. Here's the tricky part. You have to know what safety 
actually is. And true safety is found only in the personal presence of the one true good God. Not safe in the way we think, but he is good. I hope his goodness becomes your definition of safety. Jesus is our access to that one true God. And I hope this is a place that sees him for who he truly is. May CSF, this ministry, be a place where the life and goodness of Jesus Christ is the only form of safety that we trust. And so the worship team is going to come up. I'm going to pray as they do. Actually, I'm going to ask you, will you guys stand as I pray? And when we're done, we're going to worship together, okay?